1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by. Welcome to Durrell Industries second quarter 2021 results conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen only mode. Following the presentation, there will be a question and answer session. Instructions will be provided at that time for you to queue up for questions. If anyone has any difficulties hearing the conference, please press star followed by zero for operator assistance at any time. Before turning the meeting over to management, Please be advised that this conference call will contain statements that are forward-looking and subject to a number of risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those anticipated. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded today, August 6, 2021. I will now turn the conference over to Martin Schwartz, President and CEO. Please go ahead.
0: Thank you. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for Darrell's second quarter earnings call for the period ended June 30th. On the line with me are Jeffrey Schwartz, CFO, and Frank Lana, VP of Finance. We will take your questions following our comments and a reminder that all figures discussed are in U.S. dollars. We are very pleased with the second quarter. Darrell reported substantially improved earnings despite the continuing chaotic supply chain environment. Our teams again demonstrated sound operational execution in dealing with the effects of record increases in container freight rates, higher product costs in many categories, and somewhat limited inventory. We were able to secure product to meet much of the demand, but it wasn't enough to fully satisfy consumers' needs, many of whom returned to in-store shopping. The U.S. Commerce Department recently reported the increased in second quarter, GDP reflected the continuing, continued economic recovery and the reopening of establishment, but noted a decrease in retail trade inventories. The REL Sports had a remarkable quarter, again achieving record revenues and earnings. Demand for bikes showed no signs of slowing, and Cannondale's models remain extremely popular. There has been continued improvement at the REL Juvenile with gains in all geographies as consumers responded well to new products. Europe's, Europe's progress was limited by COVID and freight related issues. And Doral home revenue was significantly down, also due to COVID shutdowns at suppliers in Vietnam and Malaysia, as well as container issues. Now a look at each of our segments. Doral Sports posted its ninth consecutive quarter of games. It is worth noting that according to NPD data, For the 12 months leading up to this spring, sales of bicycles at US retail were 21 million units compared to 15 million for all of calendar 2019, just before COVID hit. This clearly says it all, and the demand shows no signs of slowing. The segment posted organic growth at all three divisions, despite container shortages and low inventory levels. The Cycling Sports Group and Colloid did especially well. Europe led CGE's compelling advances, and the first half of the re- was a re- record-setting one for Europe, easily beating last year's numbers in local currency. Among the best performers were Cannondale's Topstone, the highly popular gravel bike. There was also significant e-bike sales, mainly from Cannondale's Adventure Neo launch, the Motera and Habit Neo, as well as solid growth in mountain bikes, the trail and scalpel overall cg csg had far more orders than could be supplied demand for pacific cycles products in the mass channel was very strong but was again limited by ocean container constraints and in stock levels retailer e-commerce was down as consumers resumed in-store shopping Polloy had strong organic revenue growth driven by continued consumer demand, despite similar supply chain challenges. Even previously, slow-moving bikes sold out due to other products' unavailability. Calloy implemented a new round of price increases enabled by the exceptional consumer demand. As mentioned, Durrell Homes suffered this quarter due to freight and COVID issues. Also, year-over-year comp was a tough one to beat, as the segment had its best quarter ever last year due to extremely high e-commerce demand at the height of the COVID lockdown. While consumers returned to stores this past quarter, boosting brick and mortar sales by 20%, it was not enough to offset the drop in e-commerce. The REL Home is currently developing additional products to better serve the online channel. Promotional activities are also planned to spur demand. New products such as step stools and indoor furniture from Costco Home and Office as well as a line of outdoor furniture did very well in two major mass mass customers. Branded products continued to perform with yet another quarterly increase in sales. We remain bullish for this category as growth of higher margin branded products is expected to continue through the year. In addition to the lower revenue, supply chain issues affected Durrell Homes profitability. In particular, freight costs impacted by industry pricing pressures and container availability increased dramatically. Also, port delays compounded the situation. The segment will still be a solid performer as these conditions ease. The Rail Juvenile had a very satisfying quarter and is continuing to make headway as markets reopen and its product portfolio resonates well with consumers. Sales of its indoor home equipment, such as play yards, high chairs, and safety items, gained ground. The segment maintained its improvement trend with gains in revenue and adjusted operating profits. All geographic markets posted higher revenue, notably the U.S., Brazil, and Chile. Europe was also up and would have done even better had it not been for COVID restrictions in April. But things improved later in the quarter as retailers began reopening. Reaction has been positive to new products, particularly the new Maxi-Cosi 360 family of car seats. Home equipment and other car seat sales also improved. The U.S. had a very strong quarter driven by Costco and Safety First products, as well as government spending stimulus, which helped push consumer demand. Convertible and booster car seats and umbrella strollers were the most popular product categories. Brazil continued continued its leading market share expansion with its strong e-commerce platform pushing sales. It has been the go-to juvenile product company in that country. Improvement also continued in Chile, despite continuing pandemic-related restrictions affecting stores. Sales grew triple digits from last year as the division's emphasis on e-commerce enhancement boosted the online channel helping to offset lower retail sales. In the outlook, the uncertainty of supply for every industry worldwide is as acute as it's ever been. Demand for container container freight continues to push up costs to unreal levels and is hindering our ability to meet the continuing strong consumer demand. Virus outbreaks in various parts of the world and labour shortages are additional risks. Our capacity to successfully manage these issues with our vendor and retail partners will be vital to our ability to deliver a strong second half. This is especially true for Darrell Sports, as component availability and supply are are preventing us from delivering even better earnings. Exceeding prior year second-half earnings is limited only by these supply issues, as demand is expected to remain very strong throughout the year. At the REL home, demand is softening versus last year's unprecedented performance that was driven by purchases for the home as, as the pandemic unfolded. We are implementing strategic price increases, but higher costs will continue to negatively impact our margins. Despite this, we expect we can deliver earnings consistent the prior year. At the REL juvenile, success in Europe remains critical to our continuing turnaround. Consumer reaction has been positive to the innovation in our new products, and our product pipeline remains uh, robust. The majority of our other juvenile markets continue to do well, with North and South America, in particular, delivering improved earnings. Barring significant product shortages from a lack of supply or an inability to manage higher costs, we expect juvenile's second half to be better than the first and in line with prior years. At this point, I will turn it over to Jeffrey for his review.
2: Thank you, Martin. Uh, For the second quarter of 2021, Durrell's revenue increased by 41 million or 5.7% to 765 million. Uh, Organic revenue improved by about 3.2% after removing the variation of foreign exchange rates year over year. And then when we also removed the impact of revenue from the sale of the juvenile products manufacturing facility in China, adjusted organic revenue actually improved by 4.3%. Revenue and adjusted revenue uh, growth was in the sports and juvenile segment, and that was uh, offset partially by the uh, reduction in Dural home. The gross profit level, uh, when we Restructuring and other costs, adjusted gross profit was 21.4%, representing an increase of 110 basis points. The improvement in the quarter was, again, in Dorel Sports and Dorel Juvenile, uh, offset partially by a decline in Dorel Home. Uh, The rise in expenses that uh, we've seen in the quarter is really mostly a result of uh, last year's cost containment measures to mitigate the impact of COVID-19 in quarter 2 of 2020 when we were really unsure of where the business was uh, going and and did some significant cost increases including some layoffs and some uh, other areas. Uh, While this year we pretty much ran as as a normal business given that demand is is pretty strong. Uh, Finance expenses, the quarter decreased by 2.8 million to 9.3 million during the second quarter compared to uh, 12.2 million in 2020. Uh, Our taxes, um, if we exclude income taxes on restructuring costs, the company's second quarter adjusted tax rate was 26.7 compared to 49.9 last year in 2020. And then we come down to net income uh, again, excluding the restructuring costs. Adjusted net income for the second quarter increased by 7.4 million to 23 million, or 70 cents per diluted share, compared to 15.6 or 48 cents per diluted share a year ago. Uh, getting into the divisions now to take a look at Doral Home. Uh, second quarter revenue declined by 23.9 million, or 9.2 percent. Uh, the decrease in revenue is mainly explained by uh, reduced online sales uh, during the quarter versus last year's unprecedented growth. People were stuck at home last year and uh, spent a lot of time buying stuff for the home. Um, however, we did see a, we did see a fairly large increase uh, in store, brick and mortar store, uh, which is interesting as people are actually getting out of the house to to go back to the stores and, and we saw that in our numbers. Uh, if we look at gross profits, um, excluding restructuring costs, the adjusted gross profit was uh, 13.2% in the quarter, a decline of 100 basis points from last year. The decline was mainly due to higher warehousing costs, increased rate costs, reduced sales volume, and a higher proportion of lower margin store sales.
3: Uh, in addition
2: to that, We, when when you look at our business, uh, we often uh, are the leaders in uh, raising prices or giving price increases. Uh, We saw this during the uh, in 2019 when we did the uh, tariff increases. That uh, being ahead of the market does slow down your business a little bit until everybody catches up and. Uh, we expect our competition to be catching up in price increases, uh, given the fact that costs are going up so much uh, around around the world. And uh, we saw that in the tariff issue, and uh, we did have a few months where where business was softer until everybody caught up. So we're confident that going forward, uh, the market will balance itself and uh, our demand should pick up because of that. Uh, operating profit, uh, excluding restructuring costs uh, the adjusted operating profit declined by 7.1 million in the quarter uh, and again mainly due to lower gross profit dollars from lower revenue and a, a lower uh, percentage and some increased expenses as uh, I talked about before. Uh, if we look at the sports business, um, great quarter um, you know last year' second quarter was a record and we're able to beat that. Um, we beat it by 11 uh, percent, um, the 31.7 million to 317 million. Uh, when we exclude the impact of varying foreign exchange rates year over year, the organic revenue was actually uh, 8.5 percent. sports' revenue and organic uh, revenue improved for the ninth consecutive quarter, driven by organic gains in all three divisions.
3: Uh, CSG and
2: Pacific revenue continue to grow with unprecedented consumer demand for bikes around the globe since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, and as people seek outdoor activities or transportation methods that are safer and respect social distance guidelines. Um, In addition, uh, Durrell Sports was able to continue to deliver sound operational execution across the supply chain in the period despite the extremely challenging global shipping environment and a uh, shortage of bike components in the marketplace. So um, you're gonna hear us complain a lot about supply issues but nevertheless, uh, we're selling more bikes than we ever have before and I think that's important. Uh, During the second quarter, gross profits improved 90 basis points to 24.5 and 23.6 last year. Uh, that's due to pricing, limited discounting, and some favorable foreign exchange rates. Look at the operating profit: uh, 31.7 million compared to 26.8 last year. Uh, operating profits improved mainly due to uh, increased revenue and gross margin improvements, as well as a lower impairment loss on trade accounts receivable last year, uh, offset in part by some overall higher expenses. In juvenile, uh, Durell juvenile second quarter, revenue increased by 18.7%, 33 million. If we take adjusted organic revenue, uh, that improved by 18.1% after removing foreign exchange adjustments and the sale of our Chinese factory. So we did see a significant bounce back um, in in business. Uh, All markets had organic revenue gains and that's, that's really good to see. As, we, as we're making improvements in a lot of places, uh, second quarter gross profit was 25.9. This represents an improvement of 200 basis points uh, to last year in the quarter. If you remember, Q2 was very difficult for uh, the juvenile business last year, and uh, we've been able to uh, improve on that. Uh, operating profit 2.1 million during the quarter compared to a loss of 1.2 million in 2020, um, and it's excluding restructuring costs, operating profits improved by $2 million to $3 million versus $1 million last year. Uh, a few other notes on the balance sheet, uh, increase in receivables, $34.6 million due to the overall sales increase. Um, inventories have increased, uh, particularly in Durrell Home and Sports. Um, what 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 it's saying particularly on the sports side which is interesting is despite our inventories increasing in sports we still really don't have much bikes in stock and that is just that the um significant number of bikes that are on the water or you know being shipped to the warehouse or at the port has grown as demand has but by the time they make it to our warehouse for the most part um we turn around and then send them off to the customers so despite extra Uh, Inventory on the books, we really don't have any inventory. Uh, One anecdotal story that I like to share is the amount of uh, adult bikes that we have in stock at the Cannondale for North America. Um, And that number has declined from Q1 to Q2. In Q1, we had 47 bikes available for uh, purchase that were not spoken for and we finished Q2 with 31 bikes uh, available. Um, so that, that's pretty crazy for a, a business's size.
0: If we, think with that I will pass it back to Melvin. Okay, thank you, Jeffrey. Okay, I now ask the operator to open the lines for questions. And again, please limit them to two on the first round.
1: Certainly. As Operator? a reminder, if, you would like to ask, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. Your first question will come from Derek Lessard from TD Securities. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
4: Yeah, good afternoon, uh, gentlemen. Um, just a quick question. I was wondering if you guys, I'm, I'm curious if you have a sense of, how much money you guys are leaving on the table uh, because of the supply bottlenecks.
2: Wow. I mean, the the supply bottlenecks are two prongs, right? You've got um, literally supplier bottlenecks and that'll be, you know, the components and bikes or shut down factories and home um, and bikes for that matter. And then there's, what what can we not get that's built what can we not get across the ocean uh, to the various parts of the world uh, I don't really have answers for either, but you know if even if if tomorrow morning um, you know we were able to get the factories to build everything we needed we still probably couldn't get it to uh, our customers or everything we wanted um, and vice versa even if the container facts suddenly you know there was 50% more container ships available. Uh, we would still have supply constraints because the factories are either closed or can't keep up with demand. So, it, it, it's too many moving pieces. Um, but you know, it's it's pretty massive on the juvenile on the bike side. Um, you know, less so on the juvenile side. You know, juvenile side. You know, I can throw out maybe five to ten million dollars. Um, you know, a, a quarter is what we're missing, but Significantly more than that on the sports side.
4: Okay, and that's 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 helpful, Jeff. Um, I guess maybe along the same lines, um, like how how are you dealing with um, uh, with the bike shops and and retailers in terms of of, of bookings and and what have you going mm-hmm. to the fall?
2: To the fall? Oh wow, those are already done. We're 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 dealing with next year. Okay. Um, so what's happening now is, is we're allocating, you know, we know what production we should be getting next year and we're starting to allocate that to dealers. Um, and um, it's somewhat manual process the way we're choosing to do it. And, uh, you know, it's certainly not a first come, first serve or we'd have dealers that got nothing because they, you know, they, they couldn't get an internet connection, <laughs> you know, and they find out there's nothing there. So. There's still a limited uh, supply for next year. We're hoping it's it's greater. Um, we're looking forward on the Cannondale side to having uh, more mid to higher price spikes. We, we tended to order a lot more lower uh, price spikes for 2021. I'm not sure where the market was going. And uh, so we're expecting to see in the fall and the first half of next year um, uh, sort of an average selling price to rise. Place on Cannondale because of that but really it's, uh, it's an allocation we're still on an allocation level
4: okay and uh, maybe just one last one for me and great to see you guys finally get some some nice organic growth in, in the juvenile segment there um, margins are under some pressure just wondering what's the difference between I guess today's juvenile um, segment and, and you know maybe the, the, the profits of like two three years ago
2: yeah, well, they really focused, the decline that we had was focused in two areas, um, Europe and Chile. So if you take a look at some places like Brazil, we're actually doing significantly better. Uh, the US has done well, you know, year over year. Um, Canada's better, Australia's better. So really the problems, and, and they were, you know, Europe and, and Chile were both high uh, profit. Centers. so in Europe um, we're definitely coming out uh, you know on the right side we've uh, as you know we've flashed costs there uh, but more importantly we've really redeveloped our products Martin mentioned a couple of product lines that are doing well but they really are doing well the 360 family of car seats introduced a few months ago is is exceeding expectation our home product line high chairs um, Fastenets are doing extremely well. So Europe is really, we're feeling really good about Europe. We do have the issues of COVID and we're having sort of a restrained uh, demand um, because of that. But very excited that we can hopefully get back in a few years um, to the profitability levels that we had in the past. And Chile, we've also done a similar thing where we've we've flashed a lot of our costs. We've moved to a smaller facility. We've got out a, a large warehousing, um, and we're seeing a turn in profits. I mean, we made money. we had lost money for a number of years now, going back two or three years, and uh, we expect to be profitable this year, um, despite the chaos in Chile. I mean, politically, it's still a little bit unstable, and uh, they've had a lot of COVID issues, but um, we've survived. We've definitely gained market share. Um, I think a lot of our competitors have sort of not been able to make it. And we're starting to see that on the bottom line. So I think that's what needs to get done to get back to those levels that you're talking about is getting
4: uh, Europe and Chile back. And uh, we're seeing progress in both of those. That's very helpful. And, and I guess on just one last question on, on, uh, on Europe. Um, I remember um, you, you guys were a solid number one and two in, in most of the product categories. Um, has that changed at all over time?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we dropped down. We had a lot of competition back, I'm going to say, in 1819, and I definitely lost market share there. Um, we made a lot of changes, as I said. Uh, I think overall Europe was still number one, but, you know, country by country, um, that's not necessarily true. So we're we're coming back with a lot more uh, product and uh and it's working. That's all I can say is, you know, we we set out what we expect to sell and those numbers are being
4: achieved. Okay. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you.
1: Your next question comes from Stephen McLeod from BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
3: Oh, great. Thank you. Good afternoon, guys. Um, wanted to follow up on the sports uh the bike business i mean obviously you know demand is is uh continues to be very robust um are you sort of you know notwithstanding like supply chain issues but are you sort of sold out for 2022 is that kind of you know where you are when you think about uh the ability to or sorry the ability for for demand to continue to be strong um close to it i'm gonna
2: say i mean i Can't give you a definitive number, but certainly, you know, many, 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 many models. We probably are, you know, we've got commitments and we've got orders from customers. That's not to say we won't have any inventory at all during the year that that becomes available, but um, it's close to that. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I'm right there. I don't want to over scare you know any salespeople on our division in case <laughs> there are certain models that we are out there and, and we're looking for new orders but um but we uh, demand is demand is very 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 strong and we're 2022 is going to be another year of trying to get as much supply as we can i think that's probably a better yeah. way
3: to okay i see um okay that's helpful and then uh just curious, you talked about, uh, you know, even if sort of the the, the two the two the two um, types of supply bottleneck that you're seeing were, were relieved tomorrow, you know, you, you'd still have bottlenecks. But like, are, is there any visibility into when both of those things will, both of those components will sort of open up?
2: Wow, no. I mean, you know, the freight end of it is this is a worldwide. Situation for everybody in every industry. I'm sure you know and you've heard stories. Um, yeah, I mean, part of our let's say home furnishing issues is that you know we do when when the tariffs hit uh, in 2019 in the U.S. A lot of production was moved to Vietnam, Malaysia, some to Indonesia, and all of those countries are under heavy lockdown right now. So that would ease. You know, we do have some inventory. We're not out of inventory in home furnishings, but I do worry about certain products that have had two-month delays. um, So we could be out of stock at the end of the year on certain products. Uh, We are beefing up our, our, I'm going to say this globally now. We are spending money on increasing domestic manufacturing in all three businesses. Uh, we think there's an opportunity. Uh, we're putting money into our factories in Canada, in the United States, and home. Uh, we're expanding our distribution, uh, as we've talked about, in bikes in Europe. Um, in juvenile, we're looking to see what we can do domestically, because uh, we do still have factories in the United States and Brazil and, and Europe. Uh, so these are all becoming better assets now as uh, for our business as this shipping I don't have an answer, but, you know, we're responding in those types of ways.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. And when you talk about beefing up domestic manufacturing, I mean, that's inter- that's interesting. Um, is that uh, – you know, are you close to having manufacturing capabilities in terms of uh, what you're referring to, the incremental investment that you're making?
2: I mean, we have – all of this is, is not additional facilities, but upgrading these facilities so they can produce things – Uh, faster, and more, you know, faster, and I guess, uh, more profitable, um, and ability to maybe upscale some of the production we do. Certainly, in the home segment, you know, we currently have three factories. Um, We haven't really invested in them in years, uh, but are now investing in them. Um, Similarly, like I talked about the bikes and even in the juvenile, we're, we're, we're looking to see what we can do to keep those factories because, you know, I don't know this if this freight issue, I mean, it's going to get better, things always get better, but it's going to go back to the level we had back in 2018-19, maybe not. And then having domestic facilities would give us a strategic
3: advantage. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's great. Um, and then maybe just on the home side of things, uh, some of these higher costs, I know you talked a little bit about pricing. Um, What's the timing to to offset some of these some of this cost inflation? I mean, we've introduced
2: a lot of uh, pricing already. you know um, in some cases, two rounds. some cases we've actually gone back with three rounds. Uh, it's happening. Sometimes, like I said, it's you know, especially online, if your product price goes up and your competitor takes another month to put their price increase through, they have a lower price online than you do for uh, for a month, and that definitely affects sell-through. So we, saw, I mean, the reason I'm feeling good is we saw this when we raised prices on tariffs in 19, and we saw this exact thing where suddenly sales slowed down on on items, and we were had you know it was very very bumpy. Uh, and then by the end of 19, all that settled down, and and we went into 20, and even the first quarter of 20, you know, home furnishing was seeing increases in sales before the pandemic even hit. So I feel like we'll get there. We just, you know, you know, when does all of this increases stop, and then we can probably feel like, okay, now now we can get back to uh, you know the level of growth again.
0: Right.
3: Okay. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's great. That's all, that's all for me. Thank you so much.
4: Okay.
1: Your next question comes from Derek Lassard from TD Securities. Please go ahead, your line is open.
4: Yeah, I just wanted to follow up on the uh, domestic manufacturing comment. I was just, I was curious if that's across um, uh, higher end bikes, Cannondale in particular.
2: Well, I mean, in Europe, we're doing a lot of assembly, right? We we announced a year ago, I believe it was, uh, that. We're reinvesting and, re- and building out a new facility in Holland to do increased assembly. So again, what is assembly? Assembly is you know, basically getting the frame. And um, with the frame, uh, we, you know, we, we bring in all the parts and, uh, and assemble the bikes to, to order. And uh, there's a lot of um, advantage to doing that in this marketplace. You know, I mean, and, it's, and it's working. I mean, imagine, you know, if you ran out of, let's say, a, a brake and um, you were getting all your bikes from Taiwan. Well, you got to wait for the, the, the supplier in Taiwan to get the brakes and then put it on a container and then so on and so forth. Where in this case, we can actually fly boxes of brakes in to Europe and, and assemble and probably not lose any time. So um, it's particularly uh, an opportunity now in this environment to to do your own assembly, Um, and that's going well in Europe. Europe is growing at the fastest rate of any of our
4: uh, geographies and bikes. And um, any uh, any plans to, um, I guess, uh, replicate that in in the U.S.?
2: We are looking at that. We haven't made the decision yet. Okay, thanks. Thanks.
1: We have no further questions. I would like to turn the call over to Martin Schwartz for closing remarks.
0: Okay, thank you. I want to reiterate that as discussed, companies the world over are suffering from increasing costs, a definite lack of ocean container availability, and now the increasing emergence of another COVID wave. Even with this difficult backdrop, the rail had a very good quarter in large parts thanks to our dedicated staff globally who have pulled out all the stops to work through these issues. On behalf of senior management, I thank them sincerely. I am confident that we will continue to deal effectively with the challenges and look forward to even better results once, once things settle down. That concludes today's call. Thank you for being with us and have a pleasant weekend.